Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm Tina, and it is what it is. Hello, everybody. Hello. Wow. We're back. Um, both of our lives are crazy. So perhaps every other week is a reasonable expectation for an episode. I, I was sick last week. I had not COVID, not strep, but some random throat bullshit. So here we are. Well, and my dog, Winnie, is in heat, and it's horrible. Just fix your dog. I was trying to be nice about her distended vulva and, uh, or inverted. We want it to distend. It's inverted. We would like it to relax. Anyway, that's more about dog vulvas than you want to know, but basically <laughs> she has heat, and she's pitiful. She would not keep the diaper on. Paul asked if we could put a tampon in her. I said, that's not how that works, dear. So anyway, we finally found diapers that fit, but she just sits there and whines. So if you hear her whine, it's because Paul couldn't take it anymore, and so now she's sitting as a guest on the podcast. Yeah. Well, good. A dab will do you. On that note, I, before we start, I'm going to pull, it's feeling like some fresh peace today. Needs some peace. So let's see what it's got for us. Here we go. This one's long. All right. All right. You were going to reflip. No, I was going to re read the one on the other side, but it's okay. I'll read this one. Read the one on the other side. It's been a long day, okay? I was in, I was holed up in the bathroom twice for tornado warnings with all my coworkers. Very not socially distanced. I thought um, you were going to. I held up in the bathroom taking a shit. But anyway, keep going. Anyway. Here we go. The old woman pretends she is a willow swaying in the wind. This is what her swaying speaks. Do not look for what you yourself are not. And if you are what you look for, look no longer. For what you are will always find you. Inner truth calls out persistently to its mate in the world. And that mate, a faithful lover, always comes seeking its beloved reflection. Soul is a mirror that wears... The singular face of its kindred spirit, for better or for worse, what we contain contains us. What we pour out is poured into us. Our endless inner acres yield what crop we grow. A, world, a worldly crop of the same kind, flying swiftly with the wings, arrives to our harvest to feed. Flocks of you in the end will always find you. Corn descends to consume your corn. Cotton lands softly on your cotton. Carrots fall from the sky to spear your carrots. This is how... What we are determines what comes to us. Do not go looking for your soulmate if you do not already possess the qualities of the mate you desire. Hmm. 
For if you are not those qualities, you might attract what you least want. Instead, appraise and renew your garden. Dreams are fulfilled this way. What crop we bring to the market, the market has already arranged an eager buyer for you. This buyer pays with duplicate coin that expands and intensifies the essence of your offering. If you bring a basket of turnips, a truckload of sour roots is going home with you. And if you bring a bounty of sweet grapes, you might as well invite everybody over for the buyer now pays you in vintage wine and the party is at the party is on at your place tonight. Wow. I'm not going to lie. That was a little more philosophical than what I was hoping for, but what I've gathered <laughs> from that is, uh, Fuck you, you know, <laughs> Fuck your turnips. Damn it. That should have been the title. Too bad. I already picked it, but fuck your turnips. But also like what, what you focus your attention on is like what you're going to bring into your life. Like, you know, we talk about Jessa Reed a lot. And what she says is like, when the waiter comes up to your table and it's like, what do you want? And you're like, well, I don't want spinach dip. <laughs> All the waiter hears is spinach dip and brings you spinach dip. So I have been focusing a lot on the negative. I need to bring some more gratitude into my life. And if I do that, then more things, more good things will come in. And that's what I've gathered from that. <laughs> Get your grapes. And fuck your turnips. <laughs> anyway, well, I just happened to flip to the last page of the warrior goddess and it just felt right. So it says, you can have fantasies about having control over the world, but I know I can barely control my kitchen sink. That is the grace I'm given. Because when one can control things, one is limited to one's own vision. Hmm. I feel like that relates to what we're going to talk about today. And then the other one says, I knew that if I allowed fear to overtake me, my journey was doomed. Fear, to a great extent, is born of a story we tell ourselves, and so I choose chose to tell myself a different story from the one women are told. I decided I was safe, I was strong, I was brave, and nothing could vanquish me. I like that. Yeah, it's apple to you. Anyway, <laughs> so what the fuck are we talking about this week? Let's get in it. Talking about shadow work. <laughs> Let me see your shadow work, shadow. Nice. <laughs> ah! Wow. What is that? We're officially off the rails. <laughs> maybe he's born with it. Or maybe, <laughs> just maybe. What it's is mental that? illness, isn't it? <laughs> For sure. So we're talking about shadow work. And I think before we define shadow work we should define the shadow and in my own words i would say that your shadow is the subconscious parts of yourself that you hide um or maybe that you're not even aware of like your shadow is where your pain lives it's where your trauma lives it fuels your subconscious like instinctual reactions um the things that you do in certain situations without even thinking and it can be really hard to look at. Yes, 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 yes. I agree. And also, on the flip side, your shadow is like, you know, like what's yet to come. It's what you can't see. You literally can't see your shadow. You try and turn around and your shadow runs away from you. And it's, you know, you can't see sometimes your potential in life. 
And like I said, think of how you turn around and you can't see your shadow, but you know it's there. Um, I think our shadows also kind of connect to like our skeletons or demons in the closet. So, you know, things we might be afraid about our own selves that we try to push away and not show to the world. We just like put them in the shadow and not worry about it. We push it down and, you know, whatever, we keep going. But that doesn't work because your shadow is attached to you, dummy. It's always going to catch up to you. Yeah, and something You're not a dummy. I take it back. Yeah, we're doing positive self-talk. Trying. Um, Something that's, like, just coming to me even right now is, like, yeah, it's the the parts of you that you can't see, don't want to see, aren't ready to see, but, like, these things will like be revealed to you and we'll, we'll talk about like how and when in a little bit, but it'll, it'll, it'll make itself known to you. These things that, that need to be healed or seen when you're ready, like, and not before them, because if we were like overwhelmed with all of our shit all at once, uh, we would probably have a heart attack and die. Like it all, it has to be, you know, everything happens for a reason, but what the fuck is, is one of our favorite sayings on this podcast. This morning, you know, and your shadow too, like we get, we talk about some deep things on this podcast. And I think that it's important to also talk about how like there's a spectrum of shadow work, you know, there's, you know, it's like the levels, like, you know, you, like there's, there's things that are your, like your itty bitty shadow. And then, you know, there's like a huge shadow on the other side. And so not everything has to be dealt with all at once. Like you said. Yeah. And so that's a good transition into from the shadow to the shadow work is like, because it's called the shadow, it has this kind of scary spooky season vibe and, you know, don't get me wrong. Like doing this work, can be scary. It can be uncomfortable. It can be really painful, really difficult. But I think this quote um, that I found the other day from Carl, I want to say it's probably pronounced young or Jung, embodies yeah. shadow work perfectly. And he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So doing this work is the process of shedding light on these hidden parts of ourselves so that we can integrate them and, and take control of our own experience in this lifetime. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that shadow work is scary for a few reasons. Like, yes, there is for sure challenge in us facing the things we're going to run from in life. Um, but I guess, well, th- that we think we can run from. But the other part is that, sorry when he just like went to bite her ass and it was very distracting. The other part is that we as a society don't have the construct to support the like, Hey, I'm working on deep shit. I need patience thing, which is what shadow work is all about. Patience and dedication and little steps at a time. Um, And I think that that, that kind of societal norm that is like the unspoken rule that people don't talk about their things is what fuels the power of your shadow when you are the one with the power. Yeah. And uh, I was about to go on a tangent and I forgot. So I guess it wasn't that important. Um, I think part of the reason why it's so hard to look at these things is because it's really easy and really tempting even for us to play the victim. Like it's, it's so much easier for us to say, why does this keep happening to me instead of 
asking yourself, why do I keep allowing this to happen? Um, you know, like a relationships can be a really good example of this, like romantic relationships. If you've had a string of shitty relationships and you're looking back and you're like, Oh my God, these people just treat me so badly. Like you also let them treat you badly. And, and why are you letting them treat you badly? Um, so it's, it's so much easier to point the finger and say like, you made me feel this way. Or like, how could you do this to me? Um, but you're not at all in control of the way that other people behave or right. the way that they treat you. And you are completely in control of how you react though. And the trick to all of this is becoming aware of where there's room for you to grow and then taking responsibility for that growth and then approaching that growth with love and grace rather than judgment and contempt. So instead of if that, if we use that example of relationships of like, when you ask yourself that question, why have I allowed myself to be treated this way? Don't do it in a way that you're attacking yourself or like, how could you, how could you let this happen? Like, there will be a tendency to want to do that um, and kind of like belittle yourself or judge yourself for the behavior that you may have put up with in the past. But instead, like try to give yourself some grace, try and have some understanding that like when you were in those situations, you didn't have all the information that you have now. Maybe you didn't have the same level of self-worth that you have now. And like, this is, this is very true for me even, but like just, be gentle with yourself when you ask yourself these questions and when you do this work. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I wanted to circle back to as well is, again, like the victim stance is a societal norm that we have grown up with and have come to know like too well and in an in, in unhealthy way. And, that in turn has like become an enabling factor of like, well, I can't move forward because this happened to me. And, you know, like I, in the beginning after our dad committed suicide, I was like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't help the way I'm acting. I'm sad. I can't help the way I'm acting. My dad died. You can't say that in front of me because my dad was addicted to drugs or whatever. Like, things become crutches when really what I needed to do at that time was deal with what I was actually feeling and deal with myself, not try to control the world around me. And there's certainly things in our shadows that have been out of our control, but there are also things that we amplify because of that functioning chaos uh, that was or lack thereof is comfortable for us to remain in. Um, Functioning chaos, yeah. That's like that's like what your shadow likes is functioning chaos. I feel like your shadow is like like the SpongeBob episode where it's like, where's his name? Where's his name? We forgot his name. We threw it out, and they're all running around, and all the filing cabinets are on fire. Like that's your shadow, and it's just I don't know. It makes me giggle when I think about that because we all have that in us, and then it's like, hi, I'm fine, but on the inside, you're like screaming, you know. Some of the clients that I work with will just scream. And I really wish that I could do that and that'd be okay. Like the cicada quote, it feels like if cicadas can sit in a tree and scream, I should also be allowed to. But you know, uh, like, why not? Like why? Yeah, maybe like not at work. Or... That's, that's why. It'll be like, oh, she's disorderly. Yeah, but like if you're at your house. Okay, you could scream in your house maybe, but in a tree as people are walking by fuck it <laughs> you know the world. 
Fucking radishes. I'm screaming in a tree with my grapes. Oh my god. Alright, well noted. If Amanda's screaming in a tree, nobody be alarmed. It's <laughs> mind your business. Mind your business. I'm doing shadow work. Oh god. Um <sighs> anyway, you know, the one thing that you have to remember is that events in your life cause reactions that stay with you. Um reactions that can help or hurt you. And what you learn as you go through life is that you can, I mean, you're in charge of the things that you make or do not make meaning of, you know, and all of those things go into your shadow. I know I sound like a cluster F right now, but it is going to make sense when I talk about my example. So just stay tuned. And yes, I am uh, prefacing. So whatever, move on. I wasn't even going to say anything. I just saw your eyebrow twitch. So just go on with it. You don't. You saw no such thing. (laughs) So how do you even know where to start? And the answer to this question is like, it's simple and complicated at the same time. You got to look at your triggers. And I will say that I used to be someone that hated the word trigger. Like, I thought it was stupid. I was like, eh, triggers, like, whatever. Like, I just had such a negative opinion. I didn't believe that triggers were a thing. I thought, like, it was a choice. But now that I'm actually looking at what my own triggers are, it's, like I said, it's a subconscious thing. So what are your triggers? They are... I thought you were asking me for a second. I was like, well, how much time do you have? Um, so what situations or scenarios elicit a strong emotional response? And before you start trying to make the unconscious conscious, you have to, you have these reactions without really giving them a second thought. And in order to work through these things, you have to become an observer of your own experience. You have to start asking yourself questions. So like gaining awareness of your own behavior is the most difficult and the most important part of this work. And so here's um, an example from my own life. So I get triggered slash upset when someone doesn't keep their word. And um, like when someone says they're going to do something, they end up doing something completely different or they don't do anything at all. And when this happens, I feel frustrated, betrayed, abandoned, rejected, So noticing these emotions come up, I could start to ask myself some questions like, why am I feeling this way? Um, What is, what is this really about or what is actually happening? Um, Is there another time that I can remember where I felt this way? What happened? How did I respond? Uh, What limiting belief about myself does this situation quote confirm? Um, because we've talked about that before on on the podcast is like your your brain looks for evidence to prove you right. So we're not like, if you have a limiting belief, we don't really want to prove the limiting belief, but it's all it's gathering information is what I'm trying to say. Um, and then also like, what what do I want to feel in this situation? So journal, like, I feel like that would be good to have just in a journal for people that are doing this kind of work, you know, just to jot down you have your other journal that you published? Yeah, that would be a good idea. I think, yeah, I've thought about it. Um, but also kind of one of the points that I wanted to make, this incense is 
It's like good, but it's fucking what is it spicy. It is very spicy. <laughs> <laughs> um one of the points that I wanted to make before I continue with this train of thought that I was on is like there's no right way to do this. And I I think that we come back to that eventually. I'm maybe I'm getting ahead yeah. of the notes, but no, like there's no there's no right way to do this. So you can't you can't do it wrong. Do what feels right to you. Do a journal. Do a journal prompt. Do get in a tree and scream. Like whatever you feel like you need to do. Um, but so those questions that I just mentioned, those are just a few examples of questions that you can ask yourself when you get triggered. And the purpose of doing this is twofold. So first, it gets you to slow down. So instead of being triggered and automatically having whatever response it is that you normally have, you can stop, give yourself time to breathe, reevaluate. Um, so like even, even if you're so triggered and amped up that you're not able to actually start processing in the moment, you can at least bring yourself down a little bit um, and then use these questions to kind of go back later and reevaluate. And... Um, after you slow down and become aware of what's happening, you can challenge yourself to make a different choice, to react in a different way. And that's not to say that you're never going to have a negative reaction to a trigger ever again, but the awareness is key. Like that's the point. And when you know better, you can do better. So going through these questions, whether you want to use these or make up your own, but just gathering that information of like what is happening here, what caused it, has it happened before? You're just get it, gathering information about yourself. Yes. I am going out on a linear, but I'm going to use myself as an example. I am severely triggered by my mother-in-law, amped up, provoked, whatever adjective that you would like to insert. Um, I get very hot to trot and... Uh, I want to start by saying that we are very different. She is conservative and very godly. There's nothing at all wrong with that. And, uh, well, I'm me, a loud, ball-busting Sicilian from the Northeast. So, you know, you get what you get with me. Um, dab will do you. <laughs> dab will certainly do you when you come meet me. But, you know, like, it's not an uncommon thing. Why do I always say, like, in society? But <laughs> in society, it's not uncommon for mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws to not see eye to eye. And there's actually a lot of literature about it because I have done a lot of research, but that's a story for a different day. Um, another thing I'd like to put out there is that I'm not used to not being well-received by people, mainly adults. And I met Lena when I was, uh, like, 19, 20, I guess 20 years old. How long have 19. I was 19 years old when Paul and I started dating. Wow. I know. I was a baby and now we have a house. Anyway. Yeah, don't remind me. Oh, Jesus. Are you triggered? I feel old. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I take that comment and put it back in my pocket. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not used to not being well received by people. I'm used to walking in a room and, like, and I don't mean that in an assy way. I just, I'm used to like adults wanting to engage in conversation and finding me interesting and, you know, liking what I have to say and not anyway. Tina so is a presence. Yes. I am. a. Presence and I mean that in a good way. A presence to behold. I am a present. Damn it. And don't you forget it. I am not a radish. 
I am a grape, a big juicy grape. Oh, shit. So sometimes my nervous energy is warranted, for sure. And other times it's me just being really hypervigilant about what's being said because honestly, and I worked on this in therapy, actually. That's why I just felt comfortable talking about it. But, like, it comes down to me wanting to protect my little baby family unit, me and Paul. And... Um, you know, misunderstandings that might arise, but I've been with Paul for six years today. Today is our six year anniversary. And for four and a half of those years, I've spent that time ignoring my shadow and acting like I could win my mother-in-law's love by trying harder through abandoning myself. So, you know, being that super Christian church girl, um, you know, conforming and, Many other examples I don't have time to talk about today, but, um, yeah, it, so much of those weekends have weekends, trips, whatever I would spend just in a sheer panic, like, like 48 hours before I get really worked up. Cause I'm like, well, what fresh hell is going to greet us? And you know, like, that's not how I want to feel when I go one, because contrary to popular belief, I do love my mother-in-law. I do love, um, you know, my husband's side of the family. And it's also been a difficult road. Um, but Paul and I cycle would be like, we would get there, things would start out okay, something would happen. And then we would argue, which is like, not at all how we should react. Because anyway, so we would argue, we would essentially crash and burn, and then I would just be like dead. I'd have no energy come Monday because I was spent all of my energy just being so amped up, so triggered, so just anxious. Um, just a really unfun cycle that we were in, and it took us a really long time. It took us – excuse me. I'm telling a story. I told you. Oh, my God. Horrible. It's not, there's nothing wrong with you. Everybody, everybody has a heat cycle. Yours only comes twice a year. All right. So anyway, what I finally realized through the help of me going to therapy alone, Paul and I going to therapy together is that my shadow the thing that is just making me triggered is that I don't have any control in this situation, right? Like I don't have control in what my mother-in-law says. I don't have control in what things happen. I don't have control in what she'll say when she comes to our house, whatever. But I have control in how I react in what I do in the environment that I create. And, uh, we, we worked really hard to get that down to a science. So now that, you know, for the past year and a half, year, year and some change, maybe year and three months, we've been able to go and have a meaningful experience, which is what we are looking for with Paul's family, um, have a good time, make memories, and be able to not be completely defeated, depleted, whatever, when we come home. Because it, it was really, really difficult. Um, and all of that came by just addressing the elephant in the room, the shadow, your shadow, the things that are frustrating you. So yeah, that's all I got. Lena, if you're listening to this, well, 
you know. <laughs> well, I'm about I'm about to go. I'm gonna do be very unlike myself and go off the script here for a second. But typically, before Tina and I record, like I look at our notes and like I'm all prepared and I'm I'm trying to embody more Tina-like approaches and go with the flow a little more, give up some of my control. So I just have to say, cause I'm like reading your notes while you're, while you're talking about this and, and, and listening to what you have to say. I, I don't know if you realize this for yourself, but I'm, I'm realizing it like over a year ago or so you couldn't like articulate this, like, not just no. not just the situation, but like the fact that you were able to. I'm trying to look back and see what you said. Like, just about you being hyper vigilant, wanting to protect your family, and um, ignoring your shadow, acting like you could win her love by trying harder and abandoning yourself more. And like, I just don't know if you realize like how how big that is for you personally that like you can actually speak about that not not just not just that you can talk about it without like getting amped up but just the fact that you can name like this is why this was so triggering for me this is what I've done to work through it like being able to come to those conclusions is a big thing well thanks well and like the other thing too is that it just made me feel very guilty because, you know, when we go to mom and Chris's house, mom and dad's house, we have a good time. We're jolly, ball-busting individuals, play cards, have some beer, whatever. And, like, that's – it's a very different reality when we go and see Paul's family. And he's my husband, and that's his family. And I want to – you know, I'm committed to him, and I'm committed to – to making memories, I want I want all, I want it all in whatever that looks like and however we can make that work. And, you know, it has felt a lot more freeing for Paul to encourage me to be more myself. So like last, one of the last times we went there, we brought Cards Against Humanity and like new phone who dis and, you know, inappropriate games. And it turned out uh, Big Paul loves those games. He had a good time. I, I could tell that Lena was a little uncomfortable, but like it helped bridge the gap a little bit better to be more authentically us because like we are who we are and they are who they are and there's nothing wrong with that, but we can definitely meet in the middle some way. So, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of another example from, from my own life. And I, th I think probably um, one of the big things that I'm working through and still working through now um, is like initially even coming to the realization of just how codependent I was in my marriage and my relationships before that. Um, and just, just how much like my identity has been consumed by whoever's attention I was trying to keep. Um, and like naming that for myself, like admitting to myself of how codependent I've been. And, um, that's been really hard. 
And it's really hard to look back on, like I mentioned before, to look back on all these past relationships and not, not judge myself for the way that I behaved or not judge myself for the behavior that I put up with before. Um, and this is not turning into a super cohesive thought, but I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that like naming these things for yourself and identifying these things and working through these things, however you decide to work through them, it's hard. Like we're not, we're not here to tell you that it's easy, but we're here to tell you that it's necessary. Like your life will be improved once you start to dig into the depths of your little soul. Your little soul. Good job trying to um, combat your control. That was good. Your free thought. Your little free spirit. And, you know, well, like, I, I too, like, my other shadow thing that's really big right now is not being able to turn my work brain off. Like, it's paralyzing when I get home. Because it goes back, like, I just had to download while you are talking, like, it just goes back to control. And if something is unresolved, like, I have to work on it until it's resolved. And that sometimes looks like me working till 10 or 11 at night or getting up at 4.45 the next day to get to work on time to solve whatever. I mean, that that was like my one thing in my work evaluation that was like, you're passionate, but you also got to chill a little bit. Like your passion is inspiring, but like you're going to burn out. Yeah. you've. I mean, you've even said that for yourself recently. And um, something else that's coming to mind to did I just lose it get that lasso get her back oh okay so there is a tendency if you're anything like me and Tina and if you've experienced any kind of trauma in your life you probably are you want to logically understand everything and part of what that is logically trying to make sense of all of your experiences first of all is your attempt to not feel the emotions behind it and there's just like this need to know like i need to know why i need to know how this started and like this this has been coming up a lot for me it came up for me today in therapy even where i told my therapist that i have such strong emotions and it gets very frustrating when i don't have specific memories to tie them to And I know that's not really something that Tina deals with because she remembers everything, but like it just, it gets very frustrating for me when I have just such, I feel these strong things and I can't place it. I want to be able to attach it to a specific memory and I can't because I just, I don't have a lot of my memories. Um, And, you know, she, she did her typical therapist thing. And she's like, you know, you already know this, but I'm going to tell you again that like, we don't have to have the memories to work through these emotions. And like, that's fine. But not everything needs a logical explanation. And I, I would even go as far as to say that when you're doing this kind of work, that logic really doesn't have a place. Like what's really important is that you're feeling this stuff. And um, like, I, I can't remember if I told you, Tina, or if I mentioned it on the last podcast, but if not, you're going to hear the story again. So I did this um, breathwork session a couple weeks ago, and it was all about releasing. And at one point, like I felt this urge, like I wanted to scream. And 
uh, you know, like I'm in an apartment, so I would scream into a pillow, but like I was having this major resistance to like, oh no, scream, like we don't scream. Screaming's not good. Like don't, don't show your emotion that way. Like whatever. I, I was like feeling hesitant towards that. And then what happened immediately after that is my brain started like, what is this? What is this need to scream? Like, what is this feeling? And what ended up happening is I had the thought after that was like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like you're feeling it. There's really no need to name what it is or where it came from. Like you want to scream, so scream. And I, so I did, I grabbed one of my pillows and let out a big scream and like, uh, and then I cried a lot. And, and after that, after getting whatever it was out, I felt so much better. And it, so it didn't matter what it was. It was, it was coming up for a reason. It wanted to get out in the form of a scream and a big cry. And, and I felt better after. So not everything needs a logical explanation. And on that same note, like I mentioned before, there's no right way to do this work. Um, and sometimes it doesn't even have to feel like work. So like I said before, you can journal, you can do breath work, tapping, or some other kind of like formal healing modality. Or you can set up some kind of ritual for yourself, like some way to move these emotions through, like screaming through a pillow or punch the pillow or blast music and dance around the living room until you feel some kind of sense of relief. Or maybe you need to talk it out with a friend or maybe you need to look in the mirror and talk it out with yourself. So there's there's no right way. And even, even like playing, like doing, doing something creative just for the sake of doing it with really no agenda, like even allowing yourself to have something like that, that can be shadow work. Like, however you need to work through it, whatever feels good, that's the right way. And don't, don't let anybody tell you that you're, you, you must buy this thing or you must do this course or you have to do this or whatever, but like, there's no right way. Well, and two, like, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you, period. You know, everybody has a shadow. Even, even the most put together people have shadows. Everybody goes through stuff. You're not special. You know, everybody has trauma, you know, like, and you have to remember that this this work you know we put emphasis on the work the shadow work but it's nothing more than showing up for yourself and and taking stock taking inventory of your immediate bubble um and you know it's and it's a decision it's a decision to be like wow why why do i react the way i react and and you know like like i said i had this download like for me it just comes back to control and that control ultimately is an irrational thing that i have taught myself that is that's the thing that keeps me safe when that's not reality because the only thing you have control over is yourself um and like Amanda said, it's it's whatever you make it. We're not here to tell you what to do. We're just here to tell you that it's worth doing. Um, so like Amanda is a meticulous journaler. She has like a journal for everything. And I mean that in like a fun way. Like Amanda has a tarot oh, journal. <laughs> she, has, she has a feelings journal. She has a she has a turn up journal, like whatever. Like, you know, for me, I journal here and there. I like to pull cards, reflect on them. But, you know, the bulk of my work is, like, being grounding myself in nature and, and going to therapy. Um, 
uh, like whatever it is. The beauty is, is that you get to decide and you are the, you are the driver of your own ship. You got the power. You are a grape. Yeah. And I don't, um, I don't think you meant, you made a comment a couple minutes ago about like, you're not special. Everyone has trauma. And I don't think you meant that in like a, a bad way, but I did want to say, um, just because everybody has their own stuff to work through doesn't mean that yours is any less valid. So don't, don't let that get in the way of you doing this work and getting to know yourself better because yeah, everybody has stuff, but you are worthy of getting these answers for yourself. You are worthy of a loving cooperative, great relationship with yourself. Like, so don't let that deter you. Like, ah, uh, I'm just being dramatic. Like everybody has their stuff. Like, yeah. And everybody deserves to work through their stuff too. Well, and it, it, it take when you, when I say it like that in, in my brain, it takes the pressure off of you feeling like you're like the odd man out with your trauma. That's what I mean. Yeah. That you are not an odd man out because everybody has something. And honestly, it should open the door for you to be able to connect to others and, you know, have that empathy, compassion, understanding. Yeah. Just, we're all just little, little noodles in the universe wiggling around. Yeah. And I got, I got ahead of myself because I see now that the reason I remembered yeah. the breathwork thing is because I took notes on it, but, um, you did a mini thing. It's all right. You got excited. We uh, we gonna pull some cards. Yeah, I think that I'm gonna pull from Earth Warriors because I feel like shadow work needs a good, deep, loving Earth Mother message. Okay. So are we pull just pulling it for everybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. Unless you want one. Do you want one? Are you feeling lonely? Yeah, I'll pull one for you. All right. Well, let me pull for everybody first. And then you. I'm going to pull a guide for you. I think that's what you need. That's what just came to my brain. Oh, okay. No. That was like a giant snack. Hold on. Don't you be doubting yourself now. Not, I, I'm not. Just stay in your screen over there. Oh. Okay. I said it. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. My card is Lena. Really? <laughs> what what must be shall be. That's hilarious. Anyway. Huh. Let's let's see what the Lena card has to say. That is pretty funny. That is the universe at work there, folks. Can't make this shit up. You just really can't. What must be shall be. You have beautiful dreams and inspired bold ambitions. You are guided to believe that they are a natural expression of your soul, something that is meant to be. Life will support you in the expression of those dreams and ambitions, even in the moments where it seems to be a struggle rather than support that you are experiencing. The process for transformation into full maturity involves learning how to grow through light and through darkness back to the light again. Wow. Good little uh, segue into the shadow, light, dark, bada bing, bada boom. 
You will always find your way back to the light. Have faith in yourself uh, and what must be. Dedicate yourself to what you love without hesitation. If you're experiencing loss or change, have faith. Sometimes things happen that seem to be working against us. You were talking about that in the beginning of this. It's only later that they show themselves to have valuable ways by which we acquire the greater faith, courage, and determination that were necessary uh, to the fulfillment of our purpose. Know that your destiny is unfolding and that you are moving through circumstances that are ultimately going to help you become your soul in fullness and splendor. Splendor. I love it. Keep going. Everything happening in your life is helping you to fulfill your divine potential. Know that any darkness will give way to the light. Damn. Mic drop. Hmm. How about Damn, that? Nina? How about that? How about those tits? All right. Spirit guide for you. Also, I love my dog. I just, uh, it's been a rough week and a half with this whole heat thing. We tried baby clothes. We tried rompers. We tried bike shorts. We've tried a dog onesie. We've tried everything. And we finally found the thing that makes her keep the diaper on and not ruin my house. But uh, you got Gaia, Earth Connection. Be mindful of the planet. Come back to Earth and stay grounded. And I feel like that has to do with like when you're really reaching and grasping for any sort of memory to connect to those feelings that you're having. That makes sense. And that's all I got to say about that, unless you want me to read the book. But I feel like she's like, come back and just like be in the moment of your emotion. Yeah. I trust your message. Yeah, there it is. Adapt to you. All right. Do you want one? Sure. Why not? All right, well, I'm going to pull, because of what you pulled, I'm going to pull from Work Your Light for everybody. And then I'm going to, I'm going to pull I from. I really do want to post the cards this week. That fell to the wayside. Okay. And then I'm gonna so send me a picture of your card after this. Okay. All right. So the one that came out for everybody, which is funny because this was on the bottom of the deck. And I didn't really pay it much attention, but apparently it's the one that wanted to come. Align your life. Yeah. What is not aligned or needs to change. And um, like Tina said, we'll post the card so you can see the image. It's it's a woman's face, but it's like, it's cut up, not in like a gory way, but just, I don't know, like discombobulated. <laughs> it's not. It's like it's, a mosaic. Yeah. I that's, yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. So align your life. What is it in your life right now that feels like it's just not working? What is it in your life that isn't working and you're trying to make it work? And maybe it's not working for a reason. Like, like Tina always says, if you got to force it, it's probably shit. And like, this kind of goes back to what we were saying about there not being any right answers, like, or no right way to do this. You have to do what feels right for you, not just in your shadow work, but in your life. If it feels good to you, it's for you. If it doesn't feel good, if it's not working out, if it keeps falling apart, maybe it's not meant for you. And, and only you know the answer to those questions. So I feel like in terms of approaching the shadow work, 
it really goes back to triggers. Like what is, what keeps coming up for you? It's coming up for a reason. Start asking yourself those questions, going through that kind of scientific process of what is happening and, and whatever. And, um, well, and it's interesting try and go too, deeper. Not to, not to cut you off, but like the triggers, when you said your triggers, like all these mosaic pieces are like sharp shards that have like broken this girl apart. Yeah. But trying to put the pieces back together. Yeah. All right. So that was for everybody. Tina, this one's for you. I'm going to pull from the Elo Eloquy Oracle, which is... Eloquy or Eloquent? Eloquy. Eloquy. It's like Britney Spears. It does not look like Britney Spears. It looks like her in the snake video. It totally does. Well, it's a deck of ladies and whatever lady comes up for you is what part of what part of your shadow is wanting to be seen. Bring her out. Uh, Regina, she who instigates leadership, um, provocation, power. So I think I think what I'm getting with this is that the part of you, the part of your shadow that wants to be seen is realizing that control is not where your power is. Like control yeah. is, is knowing yourself and fueling yourself and doing what feels good for you. Going, I mean, even going back to the card that I pulled for everybody. So, um, and like even, even the word instigate kind of has a negative connotation, but like, what I'm getting from this for you is like instigating the good things, like seek yeah. seeking out, seeking out good memories, seeking out good experiences, seeking out time for yourself, the time to do the things that, you know, take five minutes to go sit in your swing, like whatever it is that you need to do. So seeking out those experiences. And then also there's, um, there's a snake in this picture and snakes to me always mean, not just transition, but like uncomfortable transition. So I feel like because we're talking about the shadow, that maybe this snake represents a part of you that you're having a hard time letting go of. What I, and I, I don't know. I don't know if you know what that might be, if you've given it any thought, but like, I feel like there's part of you, a way that you've identified yourself, defined yourself that you need to let go of and you kind of know you need to let go of it, but it's it's painful and it's difficult because you don't really know what's on the other side yet. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to reflect on that. Okay. All right. Well, this has been episode 16. Yeah. Should have been called fuck your turnips, but you know, you live and you learn. <laughs> <laughs> fuck turnips get great. <laughs> and we will see you. Next time. Catch you on the flippity flip. Bye. Moi.